This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Horse of the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, a Lone Ranger. Western territory of the United States produced many courageous characters, but none so picturesque and colorful as the masked rider of justice. With his great horse silver, he fought the forces that threatened the peace of the West. And the people of seven states, even now, repeat the stirring tales of his career. Adventure waits on the trail ahead. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, silver old fellow. Tell us waiting for us in San Tuas County. We must hurry. I'll sail away. Away. As he rode past us, we heard the Lone Ranger say that he was riding to San Tuas. Zeke Parsons was the most important man in the county. He owned the largest ranch. He had a general store in town where he made his headquarters. He had been elected both sheriff and postmaster. Most of the powers of the local government were in his hands, and there were few to question his authority. In our first scene, we find Zeke waiting on a customer in his store. And will there be anything else, Miss Bowman? Reckon that'll be about all for today, Zeke. 
Lest you can sell some decent trails for getting from here to Las Vegas. <laughs> Might even have them. Only what's anyone want to go to Las Vegas for? My sister's there. And I want to tell you, Zeke Parsons, it's worth your life to try and get a buckboard through them mud holes. Oh, just a second, Miss Bowman. Before you leave, I'll see if there's any mail for you. Now, wait a second. I gotta get to the postmaster's desk. Keeps me on the jump attending so many jobs. Storekeep, postmaster, sheriff. Hey there! Deputy! Yes, Zeke? When you speak to me, call me sheriff. Stick around now. I'll want to speak to you as soon as I finish being postmaster and see if there's any mail from Miss Bowman. Maybe a letter from my sister. Now, you stay right there, then. I want a meeting with you as soon as I'm done being postmaster. Now, let me see. B. Bowman. Here's where there'd be mail for you if there was any, but there ain't. Shucks. You're just a darn old busybody, Zeke. You know blame well there wasn't no mail. You just like to show off all the jobs you hold. Ain't no such a thing, best Bowman. Even if there was mail on the morning stage, you wouldn't pass it out till you got through reading what it said. If you find a way to get that trade to Las Vegas fixed, you let me know. Huh. Unappreciating old hen. Oh, she's right about the trail, Ozzy. Deputy, there you go again, calling my first name. You ain't being sheriff when you're behind the postmaster's desk. All right, then. All right. Now I ain't behind it. Now I'm at the sheriff's desk, and you sit there. We're having an important meeting. Hold on, Ben. Sorry, Cal. The store's closed. Store's closed, I say. A store keep buying in. I'm sheriff now. Well, Rat, you hide your old windbag. When you get done being sheriff, ask the postmaster when the storekeeper will be back so I can buy me some tobacco. No, sheriff. Yeah, now to get to business. I got a paper that I've got to sign. I've been studying up the laws around here, Ben, and found something that'll be a darn slick thing. I'll have some work for you to do. Serving papers I get paid to serve? Just so. I gotta sign this paper. It's been waiting for my signing for the past two days. What's the paper mean? Well, Ben, you heard what Miss Bowman said about the trails and roads around here, didn't you? Yeah, she's right. There ain't a worse string of mud holes in the country than what's called road in Santuas County. They gotta be fixed. That costs money. The county's blame near broke. Mm, I know. Well, sheriff, you find too blame many things for the county to spend money for, and his storekeeper, you sell the sheriff all the things he needs. Ain't none of your affair. Now about this paper. Yeah? What about it? This here paper, Ben, will fix up all the roads in the county and fix them without the county spending any money. Man, say it, Zeke. Sheriff? Oh, Sheriff, grab it. How'll paper fix up roads? It takes dirt and men to shovel it. That's what this here paper will bring. You're going to serve this paper on all the able-bodied citizens in this county. Yeah? It's a thing called a writ, and it calls for all patriotic, able-bodied citizens in the county to work on them roads for no wages. You mean you... I mean I can make these here loafers around town work for the government and work for nothing. Yeah. Is it legal? Sure it is. All signed and sealed and witnessed. Yeah? Who done all that? I did it. As postmaster and storekeep, I witnessed a paper that I drew up as sheriff. And if that ain't legal, I don't know what is. And I get money for serving it? That's right. Uh, well, maybe I'd best take along a gun, huh, sheriff? As sheriff, I'm taking my gun along to support you. I got a list of names from the postmaster, and you will start out right now. Who'll be the first? Reckon the nearest one. Come on. All right. We'll drop in on Lige across the street there. When do I get that money? When the work's all done. There's Lige now. Lige Cummins! Yeah? What are you after? I want to talk to you a couple of minutes. Yeah? What is? Postmaster? Sheriff! Can't you see my badge? My deputy has the paper to serve on you. Go on, Ben. What's it mean? You know I can't read uh, without my specs. Shut up and listen. You can't read anyhow. Read it to him, deputy. Yeah. It starts out in the name oh, of... never mind all that. That's just legal introduction. I'll tell you what it says. Lige Cummins, you're ordered to work on the county roads. 
You're to report to work at five o'clock sharp tomorrow morning. You can't do that, Sheriff. I got my field support. I said my say. This here's a legal document, and I aim to stand by it. Read section 218, part 5 of the Statutes of Santos County. What are you paying for the job? This here's government work. It don't pay nothing. No pay, and I don't work, Sheriff Parsons. Now listen here to me. You're a decent law-abiding citizen with a wife and family, ain't you? Yeah, but You I... respect the demands of the law, don't you? Yeah, sure thing. All right, then. This paper's legal, and my deputy will back me in carrying it out. You show up for work or go to jail. If you resist arrest when we come to jail you, then you get legal lead where it won't do you no good. Come on, Ben. We got more calls to make. Zeke soon had every able-bodied man in town working on the county roads. They protested, but the law clearly stated their labor could be demanded as a substitute for taxes. But Zeke was made overconfident by the success of his scheme and went still further. He used the men to improve his private property. And we see them now as they grade Zeke's private room. I tell you, Sam, ain't right, that's all. We've been slaving for Zeke over a month now. Can I tell how long we work by the blisters on my hands? I'm a hard-working man, but I've never done such steady work as this. we got to do something about it. What can we do? The jail's filled up right now with men that didn't feel like working. I know. And if a man ain't the cash to pay for his grub while he's jailed, he don't eat. Look at the road we're building. Fine as any road in the state. And it's private for Zeke Parsons. Next thing we know, we'll be painting his house. That's a good idea. Eh? Oh, sakes alive, the sheriff. Maybe you will paint my house for me. That shack could stand. Now, look here, sheriff. There's a limit to what you can do. Oh, is there? Yes, there is. Maybe the law states that you can make us work on county work for no pay, but I'm turned to the state you can make us work for you personal. That's just how I feel. Listen to me, you two smart mavericks. You're working at what you're told, Savvy. And what if we don't? My deputy here Shut will see the... can't do nothing. All right, Lige. You really want to know what'll happen to you if you get hard to handle? You can't jail me. The jail's filled up right now. I won't need to jail you. All I'll have to do is write that brother of yours and tell him that you can support him if he comes here. How'd you know my brother's wanting to come here? <laughs> Don't I see all the mail? Read through them, Philip, sir. Sure. And I seen where he writ you and seen where you writ him and told him you was starving here like he was in St. Louis. I will be if you don't let me get back to my own place and do some work. You just keep right on working here. Now, Z, As I... for you, Sam, how'd you like me to send word to Pecos that you're here? Huh? I seen where your pard there wrote and said the law still wanted you. Now, read my mail, too. Why, <laughs> you honor it. Now, just you two keep working like you're doing. The harder you work, the sooner you get to finish and go back to your own places. And... Then the others get ready to rise up and defy the law. I got ways of handling them just like we handle these hombres. Yes, sir. One sir. thing more we got to do. I found out about some new men that come to town. Don't cuss him. He's got us where he wants us. Ain't he, though? I know what I'll do. I'll gun it. I'll find out if this is the law. Now. I'll write to the United States Marshal. <laughs> the Lone Ranger in Tondo were camped not far from the town. Both the masked man and his Indian friend had learned of the conditions in San Tuas County. So you managed to get work with the others, Tonto? Mmm, not easy. How do the men feel? Fellers, plenty mad. Maybe make trouble soon. That's what I was afraid of. Some feller write government. When did they write? Put letter and mail, sun up. If the government doesn't put a stop to Sheriff Parsons' work, the men are likely to rebel and kill him. That right. They'll see no other way to free themselves from slavery. Sheriff got plenty money. And these other poor men are hard-pressed to earn a living. Yet they must neglect their own land to work on the sheriff's. Uh, 
That Kimasabe Zeke Parsons does make a good sheriff. Uh, him good till him go loco. Power. That's what has spoiled him. Him want everyone like slave. Power spoils so many good men. But perhaps the sheriff can still be saved. What you do? Those men, Tato, are going to be paid for all the work they've done for Sheriff Parsons. You said there were several letters mailed to the government. Isn't that right? Those letters should be sent east on the stage at sundown. Uh-huh. Very well, Kimosabe. It's almost sundown. What do? Here, Silver. Get your horse. Here, white fellow. Help me with the saddle. We're going to take a hand in county affairs. The Lone Ranger and Tonto rode to a place where the stagecoach must pass. Meanwhile in town, Zeke Parsons and his deputy, Ben stood beside the stage while it was being loaded with his cargo of mail. You got everything now. Good trip to you. Thank you, Zeke. We won't have no trouble. There now, Ben. I'm done being postmaster. I can be sheriff again. Being sheriff pays right well these days, Zeke. (laughs) By the time I'm done, I'll have my ranch fixed up better than any place in the state. You have trouble, though, Zeke. The boys are getting awful hard for me to handle. Yeah? Well, I can handle them. You can't handle them if they put six-gun lads, are you? They wouldn't dare do that. You don't know what they'll do. By going through the mail, you got something to hold over almost every man's head. <laughs> I'd call that downright good sense. There's a lot of talk about them writing to the government about the way you're doing things around here. Let them write. But maybe you ain't right about the way you figured out the law. And between the two of us, I ain't no right to work them on my own place. But what the government don't know won't hurt them. And none of the critters around here can read the law. Stage is about to go. So long, Sheriff. So long, Ben. So long. Get up, Get up, letters from the men you're making slaves of. <laughs> oh, no, there ain't, Ben. What do you mean, there ain't? <laughs> you don't think I'd let them critters write to the government, do you? You mean it. Uh, I mean, every doggone letter they put in the mail is still right here in town. You didn't send them out? <laughs> Being postmaster as well as sheriff has a sight of advantages. Then, I'm boss of this county. And I'm going to stay so. Yeah? I'm going to have every man in the county taking orders from me. I'm boss, you see. Top hand. I'm going to be just like a king before I'm done. The curtain falls on the first act of our thrilling Lone Ranger drama. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot, on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. (laughs) From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Browsers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F E N I X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media.
ordinary horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high of silver, the Lone Ranger. Now to continue our story. Zeke Parsons discovered a county law that gave him authority to force the citizens to work upon the roads without pay. However, he employed them not only upon county projects, but upon his private property as well. When the men protested, he used information he'd gathered in his capacity of postmaster to force their silence. When complaints were addressed to the U.S. Marshal, he kept the letters from the mails. But the Lone Ranger had thought of a plan to correct these conditions. We see him as he rides with Tonto toward the trail followed by the eastbound stage. Here's stage trail. It's past sundown. The stage leaves San Tuas at sundown. Mm, that's right. It should be long here soon. Uh, we'll wait right here. Oh, boy. Oh, oh my God. Tonto, we're going to be highwaymen. Oh. Punishment of our plan goes wrong is death. Mm, that's right. And unlike real highwaymen, we can't shoot to defend ourselves. I don't like this way of doing things. You not do wrong. I hope the stagecoach driver and guard believe that. There it comes. Huh? Wait. I'm going to unload my guns. Oh. What do that for? You'll see. Maybe them shoot you. Steady, boy. That's a chance we'll take. Get ready, Tonto. Mm, be ready. Hold up there! Power after this stick up, mister. We'll see about that. What's more, you're wasting your time. We ain't nothing on board. You're all what I want. Where's the bag of mail from San Tuas? Find it for yourself. I won't never forget them two white horses. If you aim to live, you better drill a stranger. Yeah, because if you don't, you'll swing. We'll find the mail from San Tuas. We find them. You'll be sorry for this. Look here, mister. Leave the mail alone. We won't say a word about this pickup. Say all you want about it. Yeah? Here, mail. Throw it down to the ground. Hold those horses steady, driver. Oh. Me. Me open sack. Keep these men guarded while I take a look in that sack. Uh-huh. Me watch them. Driver, you can go on your way now if you want to. But if you'll wait just a minute, you can take this sack along with you. I'm not after any of the mail. I want to see if certain letters are here. Who the Sam Hill are you? You don't seem like ornery outlaws. What are you after? Keep them covered, Tonto. Me watch them. Tonto! Well, we know the name of the engine anyhow. They won't get far without being caught. Got a few pieces of mail from Parsons Post Office. Here, I'll toss the sack back where it came from. <laughs> That's all we want. You mean we're free to go? Yes. There's several thousand dollars in cash aboard that stage, isn't there, well, driver? how'd you know? But I'm not taking it. Instead, I'm giving you something. As soon as I'm aboard my horse... Say, who are you? This is the gun I stopped you with. Look here. His gun ain't loaded. Wait before you draw. Here are the bullets from my gun. Take them and examine them. Guns out of... Hi-yo, I never in all my days of stagecoaching seen a man like that. Hey, these bullets he tossed up here. Take a look at them. Huh? Silver. Solid silver. Silver bullets? He called his horse silver. And Tonto, the engine. Leaping catfish. That ain't no highwayman. Get them horses going. We gotta get to the next town. Wait till the boys hear that we were stopped by the Lone Ranger. Here, yeah, get up Man and Tonto left the bewildered crew of the stage and raced toward town. The Lone Ranger's investigation of the mail sacks had given him all the information he needed. Zeke Parsons at Beatty General Store right now, Tonto. Uh, in there in evening. Yes, and I want to talk to him alone. What? Tonto, too. Call Elijah and Sam and every other man you can locate. Tell them not to start coming yet. Tell them they'll be paid for all they've done for Sheriff Parsons. Mm, they not believe that. Bring them to the sheriff's office in the general store. Oh, fellas. Yes. Give me ten minutes with the sheriff, and I'll bring them to our way of thinking. Tell every man in town to come to the store tonight. Come on, Silver! Silver! <laughs> 
The men forced to slay for the sheriff decided to defy him. The situation they had decided called for a desperate remedy. We see Lige and a group of his companions as they meet in the home of one of their numbers. I ain't a man to go for violence, boys. But look at my place. There ain't a lick of work been done there for the past month. Mine's the same. We all know how the sheriff's keeping us working for him. One kind of threat after another. But I read the government. So die, Jack. But I don't figure you'll do no good. Why, Warren? Because Sheriff Parsons is postmaster. You know if them letters mean he won't let them be sent out. Things has come to a fine pass when even the mails ain't safe. Yeah, hey, Lige! Boy, you busting so Just sit down quiet and join the meeting, Kale. Ain't you here? There's an engine. A man done a couple of days' work on the sheriff's place. He's calling for everyone to store. Sit down and be quiet. We're going there all right enough, and plenty soon. We're just fixing to hold a quick trial there with Zeke Parsons, a prisoner. Trial? Yeah. And we're going to find him guilty of something and hang the coyote. Ain't no other way. We defy him open, he'll send some of us to counties where the law wants us. He'll send for folks we don't want to locate us. He'll make no end to trouble. We've got to capture him, try him, convict him, and hang him. Yes, yes, Where's the redskin? You come, sure. Sheriff Bear. We're going. We've got to discuss things first. You come now. Sheriff pay you. Pay for all work. What? Pay is what? Him pay cash. You come. See. The redskin must be loco. Nothing but a miracle would make that tight-fisted old galoot pay cash. You come. We may as well go. we got to go there anyhow. There's any chance the engine's talking true. We'll, we'll go find out. Come on. Tonto rode from one small ranch to another, leaving the same message with every man he found. In the meantime... Zeke Parsons and his deputy, unaware of the storm that was being prepared, sat in the store. I'll take care of you all right, then. When my ranch is all fixed like I wanted, I'll have the men do some work for you. I'd appreciate that no end, Zeke. Sure, I'll help you out. Uh, but uh, the only thing I... Well? The only thing is, ain't we going pretty far? What do you mean? This ain't a slave state. And if it was, we couldn't take men like we done and put them... I'll away. handle this county. I told you I was powerful. They won't dare defy me. Zeke, ain't you letting your success go to your head a little bit? No, I... Yes, you are. What? what? A mask man. Sit right where you are. Put down them guns. Put them down, I say. Who are you that you dare come here with a mask and throw a brace of six guns on me? I'm here to investigate the mail. What? And to tell you a few things about the law you didn't know, Zeke Parsons. I'm the law. Yes, and you're also the postmaster. You're also a wealthy rancher and a storekeeper. I tell you... You have too many things, Zeke. That's why I'm here. Perhaps I'll not send for the United States Marshal... But if you don't do just what I say, I surely will. Oh, sakes alive, I'll I... stay right where you are while I look in this box. You use this for waste paper, don't you? you? Keep still. If I don't find the letters here, I'll have to look further. Here's one of them. Is this the way the postmaster handles the mail? He's found them letters. I told you to burn them, and you said weren't necessary. Uh, I didn't get around to it. First, I'm going to speak to you, Sheriff Parsons. Uh, I wish you'd put them guns down. No, the postmaster at Santos, which is in your county, has robbed the United States mail. No, she... Letters written and paid for by citizens have not been handled by the postmaster. But, Dad, right about... Furthermore, the postmaster is guilty of reading the mail and passing confidential information concerning citizens to the sheriff. Good gosh, darn it. Zeke is the postmaster. I know that. Now you look You'll here. listen. But I... Marshal will come in this town and order the arrest of the postmaster. But I tell sheriff, you... you can't defend the action of the postmaster. He's been untrue to his trust. He's divulged information. I never told no one a blame Isn't it true to... that you've kept men working because of information you learned from the letters? Oh, well, I... I didn't tell no the one... The postmaster what... got the information that the sheriff acted on. When the marshal comes, 
You'll be ordered to put the postmaster under arrest. But I can't. I'm him. Zeke, him. If the sheriff won't make the arrest, he'll lose his post and be replaced. Perhaps by his top deputy. Me? Then you'd have to jail the postmaster. Now look here, mister. Seems you uh, like you know a heap of law. There are laws in the country to protect the citizens. They'll be all right in having the trails repaired. It isn't too much to ask men who can't pay taxes to give some of the time. That far, you proved yourself a worthwhile sheriff. But success went to your head. Now, you see, Zeke. You've been greedy, selfish, eager for more power. You've gone too far. So far that you're heading for jail and you can't escape. Imagine what a jury made up of men in town would do to you. Oh, Zeke's alive, Zeke. Likely hang you. Robbing the mail alone is enough. Now, wait. Uh, What can be proved? Those men would never have worked for you if you hadn't used information from the postmaster's job to force them to stay. Every man on roadwork will be a witness against you. Every man on the jury will be a witness. He's right, he's right, Zeke. I said all along that There's you... one escape for you. I'm giving you a chance to make good. When I leave here, I'm going after the U.S. Marshal. You want money? Is that what you want? I don't want your money. But there are some debts you'll have to pay. As Zeke Parsons, owner of the ranch, you'll have to pay those men who have been working for you. And that way, they can't testify against you in your trial. Come on, come on. Those are your workers coming for their pay. But it'll most bust me. All that can... You wanted all that work done in your ranch. If you couldn't afford it, you shouldn't have had it done. The work is finished, though, and you'll pay for it. Think it over and decide before those men come here. Oh, oh, my Oh, Are they coming for the pay? Don't them come for money. Maybe come for lynching. I've seen Zeke. He's considering right now. Huh? We'll step over the side here. Come on, Toto. Hey there, Zeke. Open up. We need to speak with you. We come for our money. We want our pay. Pay up, you coyote. I wonder what his decision will be. Boys. Boys. Quiet down now. Quiet down. Zeke wants to speak with you. Yes. Listen here. I've had more darn business than I could handle. Now, first off, I'm resigning as the postmaster. Because as sheriff, I figure the postmaster ain't as capable as he should be. We're electing a new postmaster. Then I'm quitting the job of sheriff because I got too much work to do to handle my store and show a profit. You can elect Ben the new sheriff. He ain't even to pay us at all. He's scheming some more. I said nothing but a miracle make him pay. Let's get it. Hold on, I ain't done talking yet. The reason I won't have time for my official jobs is because I got to work on my ranch. I done more improving than I should have. And by the time I paid you for your work, I'll be near broke. You're going to pay us in cash? Sure. Sure I am, boys. You don't think I'd try to make slaves of you, do you? Well, I'll be hard. <laughs> That's what them feller wants. Eh?
The story you have just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyle Silver, the Lone Ranger. part of the United States has known cowboys, trappers, and miners, railroad builders, empire builders, and soldiers. But of the whole adventurous group in the glorious history of that wild territory, one figure stands out above all the rest, the figure of the masked rider of justice. The story of his life is the story of daring in dangerous places. His exploits have been told and retold through the generations. And now the Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver! There's trouble between the ranchers and the sheepmen! We heard the Lone Ranger call out that the old feud between the raisers of cattle and the raisers of sheep was causing trouble. Maggie Morton was the leader of the group that fed sheep on the range. She was a woman of strong character. She ruled the sheep herders with an iron hand. She kept the ranchers from grasping the entire rangeland for themselves. And it was due to her influence alone that open warfare had not broken out between the two factions. In our opening scene, we find Maggie receiving a guest in her home. He is Pete Prindle, one of the most important cattlemen in the district. I just dropped in to see how you was doing these days, Maggie. You're a doggone fibber, Pete Prindle, and you know it. In the first place, you don't give a hang how I'm doing. You got some other reason for coming here, and whatever it is, my answer's no. Now, hold on, Maggie. Another thing. As far as you're concerned, the name ain't Maggie. The name's Miss Martin. Savvy that? Uh, you got the wrong idea, you doggone... That'll do. Good day to you, Brindle. Dows the door and shut it tight behind you. You old fire eater. You don't give a man a chance to talk to you. Where do you get off telling a cattleman where to head in? I'll tell you whatever I want to. 
You being a cattleman, now don't no ways make you on the level. Now clear out before I decide to unlimber one of my six guns. All right. That's the way you feel about it. You can go ahead and lose your doggone sheep. I uh, reckon if I did, I'd lose them in spite of anything you'd say or do. You'd be tickled pink. All right, then. All right, if that's the way you feel about it. I'll have my sheep and sold all my friends in the sheep herding business. And we'll still be selling wool when the last of you ornery cowmen has seen your critters made into hamburger. Now get! All right, then. You wait. Wait nothing. If you hanker to start something, just let me know, and I'll meet you more than halfway. Might be interesting to you to know I'm getting all the sheep herders around here organized. Just like your cattlemen. All right. You'll see. And shut that door behind you. And tell that bow-legged sort off you loose that's waiting for you that he ain't fetched back the frying paddy bar from me a month ago. Reckon it's me she means, Pete. Yeah. What did you borrow a frying pan from her for? Oh, Pete. Maggie's all right. You just don't savvy her. There's a woman I could marry if she'd have me. <laughs> Blamed old wildcat. Only reason I wanted to borrow a frying pan from Maggie was to get a chance to talk to her. You're a blame fool, then, Frisbee. Maybe I am a blame fool, but I sure can find a woman that knows how to cook. And Maggie's it. She don't know you're alive. I know. It's downright discouraging. What more? You send back her frying pan. I don't want you to have no more to do with her, Sally. Oh, now, Pete. I'm counting on you to help me drive her and all the other sheep herders out of this region. See, she gets back her frying pan and don't have nothing more to do with her. Right, boss, if them's orders. Them's orders. <coughs> Concerned sheep herders. That's so none of the cows will drink from the water holes around here. By the time them sheep are done grazing, they ain't a square meal for a cow. Get back. Come on. Happy? Well? You said something about driving off the sheep herders. Yeah, I got a scheme in mind. Take organization in cash. What's your scheme? Ain't no use telling it yet. I've got to get all the common together and have a meeting. Then I'll tell them what my scheme is and how it'll work. Well, if it takes cash, there ain't much chance of putting it over. Money's pretty scarce. Well, maybe money's scarce, or so is rangeland. Won't be no rangeland for cattle of them sheep around here much longer. I suppose so, but I, uh, I... Well, you what? Get up there. Come on, get on. You what, Lim? Ah, I hate to see Maggie pulling out. Well, blessed love sick to loot. She sure can cook. Talking to Chinaman, I got over to my ranch. And Maggie can do a good day's work. She'd sure make a man a good wife. Never mind thinking about a wife. Think about what we'll do with cows if the sheep ain't drove out. I tell you, Lim, we got to get the cattlemen organized and work a scheme on Maggie Mark and the rest of the sheep herders. I'll bet you Maggie'd have some thought for me if it wasn't for the foreman of her ranch. Dad, run it. Jim Potter shining up to her every chance he gets. I think the woman I hanker to marry has to be raising sheep. It was evening of the same day when Jim Potter, the foreman of Maggie's sheep ranch, entered the house. He drew up his chair before a table filled with good food. Mm, darn nice of you to invite me into the house for meals, Maggie. Shucks. There's satisfaction in cooking up a meal for a good eater. Help yourself to the fiddles and get some gravy on them, then fall to. I'll talk while you eat. You seen Pete Prindle leaving here this afternoon, didn't you? Yeah, I seen him. What do you want? He didn't get to say. I run him out before he could get to talking. I can't be spiling the disposition of the sheep and letting an ornery cowmen around here. Maggie, them cowmen are scheming something. We gotta wash them clothes. Ain't nothing they can do. We're here and we're gonna stay here. If the cowmen don't like it, let them hunt new grazing. They resent us being here something awful. What about it? We got our sheepmen organized. They'll all stick together. Yeah, but... But what? Well, the cattlemen are scheming something new. They are? Sure. 
Fact is, I heard from one of the boys they're holding a meeting tonight. Where? At Pete Prindle's house. What are they going to do there? Well, that's what I'm worried about. They'll be plotting against us, Maggie. Doggone it, they're going to be plotting against us for sure. Uh, they can plot against us all they want, but they can't drive us out in here. We got land right from the government, and we're going to stick. Now, don't you worry about it, Jim. Fill up your plate again and get yourself around some more of that fancy cooking. Well, that ain't hard to do. Jim, did you hear that? Hmm. That hombre was right outside the window, heard everything we said. That same evening, Pete Prindle and 20 other cattlemen in the district held their meeting in Prindle's home. Again, the Lone Ranger, seated astride silver outside an open window, could hear all that was being said. All right, James. Quiet down now, will you? Quiet down, James. Mr. Prindle has something important to say to you, boys. Hush up, you hombres. Let's hear what Prindle has to say. Go ahead, Pete. Now, gents, here's the situation. If we aim to survive in this part of the country, we've got to get rid of all the sheep. Grass Creek ain't fit for cattle as it is. Cows and sheep can't live together. That's all there is to it. It's a case to get rid of the sheep or move away ourselves. Watch your scheme, Pete. We don't want to shove off for new diggings. We no. ain't going to shove off. Now, my scheme will take a heap of money, but it's a sure one. What is it? Let's hear it. We'll buy up all the sheep. Buy them? How can we buy them? What can we do with them? What will we use for cash? That don't sound like good sense. I wouldn't own a sheep any sooner than I'd own a nest of rattlesnakes. Now, wait. Let me finish my scheme. I got it all mapped out. Them sheep herders figure on selling wool, don't they? Sure, but they... All right, boys. We buy up all that wool. Buy the wool? Oh, what do we do with the wool? Pete, I don't savvy that sort of scheme. We can't get the wool without taking the sheep. We won't be no better off wearing we are now. No, hold on. I've got a friend in the East, and he can find out just what the price of wool is going to be. Whatever it is, we'll see to it that the sheepmen get word it's a whole lot less than that. You savvy? Then we deal with them. Lem Frisbee can get to talk to Maggie Martin and pass the word on to her. What word? What am I going to pass on to her? Now, look. Say, for example, wool's going to be ten cents a pound this year. Yeah, ten cents a pound. Then what? I'll find out that from my friend in the East before Maggie Martin does. When she hears what the price of wool's to be, she don't get the word straight. She'll hear it's maybe six cents a pound. Then what? Then, Lem, is when you call on her. We'll make a deal with her and all the other sheep herders to buy wool. All they got of it. It may be eight cents a pound. All we'll have to pay is about half a cent a pound cash down, and we'll sell it again and make a profit. Two cents a pound cash profit for all the wool in this part of the country? Ginger, that'll count up. Can't make money no easier. And then when Maggie Martin sees what we done, she won't ever speak to me again. You keep her trap shut, Lim. Listen to what we're going to do. Never mind your romancing with Maggie Martin. I ain't through with my scheme yet. There better be more to it, Pete. Still don't drive the sheep out of here. No, of course we don't. But when the sheep herders find that we're buying their wool at eight cents a pound, when they can sell it at a market price of ten, what do you suppose they'll do? I don't know. What will they do? They'll be doggone glad if we let them out of the deal so they can get the higher price, won't they? Sure. All right, then. We'll let them sell the wool for the market price if they agree to pull stakes and hunt for new fields for grazing. Fine, Ginger Pete, that sure is slick. For the extra two cents they make, they'll move to new fields and be doggone glad to do it. And maybe Maggie Martin won't even know there was a scheme afoot. 
Maybe I can still shine up to her. Lamb, you can make her think it's your influence with the cattlemen that helped her and her friends out in the bad bargain they made. Slickest scheme I ever heard of. We ain't out of sense, you see. We get back what we pay for the options. We get rid of the sheep herders. We keep the country for ourselves. Now, if any of you gents ain't for the scheme, say so now. If you are, just let me know how much cash you can raise. We've got to get ready to buy them options. We tried everything else to get rid of them sheep, but nothing's ever drop them off. Cash will do it. Your scheme can't fail. And if I do say so myself, it's the best darn scheme I ever had. <laughs> When the Lone Ranger learned the plans of the cattlemen, he raced to his small camp. There he met Tonto, who had gathered information about the sheep herders. The faithful Indian repeated what he had discovered. It's as I thought, Tonto. Those people are deserving of our help. Men, many brave, have plenty of trouble raised sheep. And the cattlemen have made all the trouble. Furthermore, this country isn't well suited to cattle. If the cattlemen move on now, it'll be the best thing for them in the end. Mm, that's right. South of here, everything is suited to the raising of cattle. The plan I have will be the best for everyone concerned. What you plan? We must learn a few things more about Pete Prendle, and then we'll be ready to act. The curtain falls on the first act of tonight's Lone Ranger drama. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Now to continue our story, the cattlemen under the leadership of Pete Prindle and the sheep herders, led by Maggie Martin, were struggling for the control of the range. Prindle suggested to his associates that through a trick, they buy all the wool in the territory for a price under its market value. Then when Maggie learned the wool's real worth, they proposed to allow her to get the extra profit in exchange for a promise to move the sheep to another district. The Lone Ranger, however, knew that the range was better fitted for sheep than cattle, and decided to aid the sheep herders. Our next scene takes place several weeks later. Maggie was in the kitchen of her home when Jim Potter entered with a visitor, Lem Prisby. What's this I hear about you and your no-account cattle raising friends getting organized, Lem? Do you know what the boys are aiming to do for you, sheep herders? Buy the wool you got this year. Buy it? <laughs> you gone loco? What did you critters want with wool? Well, we figured on trying to make a little money on wool, that's all. You see, Maggie, Pete Prindle figured you'd be learning the market price on wool inside the next week or so. Then maybe you'd just as soon deal with him and ship east. What's he think of paying? Oh, couldn't say. Reckon about the market price? Ah, if he's willing to pay my price for it, he can have it. Ain't no reason why we shouldn't deal with cattlemen. Their money's as good as any other. I reckon what you decide about selling the wool will be all right with the rest of the sheep raisers, won't it, Maggie? I've always done all their thinking for them, like it's not always will. That's why I'm head of the Sheep Growers Association. That's what we sort of figured. Now, as soon as you get the price of wool, we can deal with you. Save you all the trouble of shipping it. Take it right off in your hands. When I get the price, I'll let you know. Now you set yourself down there and start eating. I suppose you come here hankering for food. Well, you better do it justice or I'll take it as an insult to my cooking. (laughs) 
After enjoying a meal with Maggie, Lem returned to Prindle's ranch and made his report. So you see, Pete, she was perfectly willing to deal with us. I thought she would be. As long as we pay her price. She'll think we'll be paying a plenty high price for it. I got word from my friend in the East. Come by Pony Express. Well, how may you get her information, Pete? Now, here's the way it's arranged. Next week sometime, the Pony Express will bring me the price on wool. At the same time, it'll bring the price to Maggie. But the price she'll get won't be the real price. The real price will go out by stage. Same way it's always done. The stage will be a couple of weeks longer in getting here. She'll be at least another two weeks getting her real information. Yeah, the right information. You'll get some information before that on the Pony Express, you savvy? Yeah, I, I reckon so. It's easy to savvy, Lamb. Maggie will get a message telling her the price on wool is six cents a pound this year. My friend in the East said it'd be at least ten cents a pound with things as they are. It might go as high as twenty cents a pound. Twenty cents a pound? Yeah. We can make ourselves a fortune before we're done. Might be better to keep the wool and take a profit instead of getting the sheep herders to move. You say Maggie will think the market price is six cents? Yeah. I'll make her an offer. It'll be enough below the real market price so we can make a profit. She'll be blame glad to get out of the options she's given us. I've got enough cash from the boys to pay for the options. I've got the message I want sent to Maggie all fixed up. And it's already on its way to my friend in the East. You'll send it to her by the pony rider. At the same time, he sends me the real price. Doggone good thing there's such a thing as a pony express. Yeah, we couldn't put the deal across otherwise. I've got to have some way of getting the price before Maggie gets it by the stage. But everything's working out just slick. Santa was hidden nearby during the conversation between Prindle and Lem. He repeated what he learned of the Lone Ranger, and the masked man waited near the Pony Express station for several days. Then at last, one of the pony riders brought his horse to a rearing halt and tossed out two letters. Pieces of mail for this station. Well, that's downright unusual. Who's getting mail besides Pete Prindle? Maggie Martin. Letter for her and a letter for Pete. My horse ready? Already. I'm on my way. Get up there. Get up. Yeah, letter for Maggie Martin, eh? I'll take that to her. What the... I said I deliver it to Maggie. A oh, man. She here, you. you I'm can't... not going to rob the mails. Give me that letter. Where'd you come from? I've been waiting for that letter. I'll deliver it. Look, Dad, read it. Look here, stranger. If you don't deliver it, it means you've stolen the mail. That'll be my worry. I'll steal. Ranger mounted on silver, thundered away from the station. Halfway to Maggie's home, he met Tonto and gave the faithful Indian a letter he had already prepared to substitute for the one brought by Pony Express. Take this letter, Tonto, and deliver it as soon as possible. Uh, do do. Have another letter here. I'll take this one to Pete Prindle. That letter you write? Yes. Maggie won't notice the postmark on her letter, but Prindle will notice it on his. He'll see that there's been a substitution unless I handle it just right. What you do? I'll let him open his letter, and before he has a chance to read it, I'll try to act. Get that delivered to Maggie, Tonto, and we'll meet later in camp. Reckon that's the letter you was expecting, ain't it, Pete? Yeah, when you come, ma'am. Just now. One of the boys fetched it up to the ranch house. Well, let me see it. I'm anxious to find out just what the price on wool is going to be. Yeah, me too. I reckon Maggie got a letter in the same mail. <laughs> she won't ever suspect it ain't the true price on wool that she got. Well, let me see. What does this say? Raise your hands. Leaping catfish. What's his name? I said raise your hands. I'm here to look for something. Look here, Mr. He's mad, Pete. He's likely an outlaw. You better do what he says. I'm looking for a letter with money in it. 
Perhaps this is it. You're wrong there, mister. It looks like you got the wrong tip there. There ain't no money in that. I see. You don't expect to get away with robbery in broad daylight like this, do you, mister? Yes, I do. This isn't what I want. I told you it was. The price on wool. You're welcome to that. Stand right where you are now. I'm leaving. I must have the wrong ranch house. I reckon you have, mister. Gosh! He come in fast and went out faster. Let me see that letter before something else happens. When the Lone Ranger left Prindle's house, he took with him the letter originally addressed to the cattleman and left behind one prepared by himself. Prindle read what he believed to be his friend's quotation on the price of wool, then went with Lem to call on Maggie. Maggie, surrounded by a group of her friends, came right to the point of the meeting. Well, name your top price. Well, now, Maggie, I don't know so much about the price on wool. The heck you don't. You know as much about the price as I do. Name your figure. I'll take it or leave it. Well, I might go as high as ten cents a pound, speaking for all the cattlemen. Ten cents, my eye. The price is eighteen cents a pound. Take it or leave it. Well, we can't go that high, Maggie. All right, then leave it. We'll sell in the east. Pete, you know what that is. Shut up. What's agreed here stands, and no backing down. You savvy that? I uh, might go 14 cents. You heard my price, 18. Well, uh, how's to split the price? 18 is the price, Brindle. No splitting difference or nothing else. I'll go 16 cents a pound and then a penny higher. What do you say, gents? Do you want to take 16? It's a go, then. 16 cents stands. Drop the option and pay over your money. 16 it is. Here's $1,000 cash money to bind the deal. Now, you agree to sell us every pound of wool that comes off in your credit. That's what we do. By darn, she's a good woman to deal with. She don't hedge you beat around the bush none. You won't back down on the deal, will you, Maggie? You heard what the deal was. I don't back down no more than you do. Well, here's the money, and all these gents is witnesses. <laughs> and now then, Maggie, here's the bad news for you. What do you mean, bad news? You sold your wool at 16 cents a pound, and it's selling at 20 cents a pound on the market. 20 cents a pound? Why, you're plumb loco. I got a letter today saying the market price was 15 cents a pound. Yeah, you got a letter, but it ain't the right letter. The real price is 20 cents a pound. And you got to stand by your deal. You got a lot of witnesses here. If you back down, you know what it'll mean. Hey, you ornery coyote. <laughs> that letter you got wasn't genuine at all. They told me the price was 15. Yeah, but the real price is 20. Now then, if you and your friends want to get out of the bargain and make the extra four cents a pound by selling in the east, we cattlemen will let you do it. If you promise to move out in this part of the country. Just one moment. Leave my face, Pete. There's that mask man. Where'd you come from? Just one moment. I have a letter here that came to you, Prindle. I took it when I called at your home and substituted the letter you have. I didn't give you a chance to see the real market price on wool. What's this mean? Who is this masked man? What's this talk about the real market price? This letter is the one the Pony Rider brought from the east. The price on wool is 12 cents a pound. But my letter says... Prindle, you know there were false letters sent and you know that I changed them. Maggie told you her letter said the price would be 15 cents a pound. You know very well the price that was sent to her was six cents a pound. Great Scott, that's right. Maggie, let me see your letter. Oh, here it is. Here it is right here. Huh. The letters were switched around. You figured on Swindlinger. You thought the price would be 20, so you paid 16. 
And the real price is 12. 12 cents a pound. 12. Uh, it's in probate, and you bought for 16. Wow. Maggie put over a deal on the cattleman. We can't pay no such price like that. We got the cash. You'll pay it, you four-flushing, underhanded swindler, or you'll forfeit your $1,000 option money. And, Twindle, you'll have a hard time explaining to the men what you're going to do to repay the money they've entrusted to you. I can't explain it. We can't lose that $1,000. It's all the cash the cattlemen have got. And you can't afford to buy the wool and lose four cents on every pound you handle. I do think, however, that Maggie and the sheep herders would release you from the bargain and return the option money. You agree to leave this country to the sheep herders? I'll leave it. Full stakes? Head south. Head for cattle country. I, I hate to leave Maggie. You leave? Why, you half fight. You ain't no cowman, no how. You better stay and go into sheep raising. What about it, Trindle? Do you persuade the cattlemen to leave, or will you stay here and go broke? Uh, I, I might have got the best of Maggie Martin. But I had a hunch who you was when I heard you call your horse Silver. What are you going to do? Well, when I tell the cattlemen the Lone Rangers again us, I reckon there won't be no choice. Tell the cattlemen I'm for them 100%, and they'll go into cattle country. hi have just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. 
I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. to the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high silver, the Lone Ranger. stories of the masked writer of justice cannot be found in the written pages of history, but his deeds will live forever in the memories of the people of seven western states who still tell the story of the famous mystery writer. The thundering hoops of silver bring its adventure on the trail ahead. The Lone Ranger rides again. Hurry, silver, old fellow! Outlaws are riding down from the hills! Stretch out those great legs of yours! As the masked man rode by on Silver, we heard him say that the outlaws in the hills were threatening to riot again. The hills bordering the town of Greenville made a perfect hiding place for the outlaws that operated in that territory. Cavalry troops were garrisoned nearby, but their presence failed to frighten the bandits. Colonel Dawson, in command, frequently rode to town to visit his daughter Sally. And as our story opens, we hear the angry townspeople commenting on the last attack of the outlaws. Why in thunder don't the troops do something? What are we paying taxes for? Them troops clean the outlaws out of the hills if they'd only get to it. Hi, look at who's here. It's Dawson. Hey, Colonel Dawson. Who's who there? Who's there? Where's the sheriff? Here I am, Colonel. You're just the man I want to see. Sheriff, where's my daughter? Is she safe? Yeah, Colonel, your daughter's safe enough, but there's other folks that ain't. No. Thank goodness. As soon as I heard about the attack, I came here. Yeah, we see that. I don't suppose you're much concerned about Abe Whitcomb's wife. 
She was killed by them brigands. She was? Yeah, and so was Lige Foster and Lem Bixby and about five other men. Was the attack as bad as that? That don't include no mention of 20-odd men that was wounded. Those confounded outlaws. Oh, never mind acting indignant, Colonel. You go see your daughter. Make sure she's safe. Then get back to your camp. Don't order your men to charge them hills and clean out the killers, though. Why not? Might be dangerous work for the soldiers. Some of your men might get hurt. Now, look here, Sheriff. I've told you before what we've done about those outlaws. I'm simply stationed here to carry out orders from Washington. Sure, we serve Washington don't care nothing about what happens to the settlers in a place like this. It's a lot cheaper to let us folks get killed off than it'd be to have some of the soldiers get hurt. You feel that we should attack the hills and clean out the outlaws? Well, there's nothing I'd sooner do. But I can't until I get instructions. I can give you instructions. Just ride up to them and blaze away with gunfire. Instructions from Washington. Never mind, Colonel Dawson. We ain't counting on nothing from the government, so we ain't disappointed none. Your daughter's in Ma Tyndall's house there. Yeah. You better go talk to her. Maybe she'll have something to say about how we folks in Greenville feel. Watch my horse. Watch your own horse. Those men only understood. I'd lose my command if I... Oh, it's you. How do you do, Mrs. Tyndall? If you care to speak to your daughter, you'll find her in the next room. Mrs. Tyndall, one minute. Ain't the time to talk. You can let yourself out when you're ready to leave. She feels the same as everyone else. Oh, oh, Dad. Sally, thank goodness you're safe. I wish they'd killed me. What? Oh, you don't know how the folks here feel. The way I'm pointed at because you don't do anything about the murderers in the hills. Here is a town that suffered at the hands of the outlaws half a dozen times. Those killers stayed right in the hills almost a stone's throw from your camp. And you don't do a thing about it. I know. Sally, I've sent word to Washington. I'm just waiting for a reply. Waiting? That's what you said the last time. That's all you ever say. But, Sally, you know the position I'm in. I can't order my men to leave the fort and ride into the hills. You're stationed here to protect folks. I'm here to keep the Indians controlled. I can't take over the work of the state officials and fight outlaws without federal sanction. Suppose that sanction ever comes. Then, dear, I'll have to continue to face the jibes and anger of the men in Greenville. Well, I won't continue to face them. I'll leave here. If those orders come from Washington... I haven't found those orders, Father. Can't you risk your commission if it means saving everyone here from other attacks? You would have me face court-martial? I'd face court-martial. I'd be glad to. I'd face the firing squad if it meant the cleaning out of all those outlaws. Sally, you're not a soldier. You haven't spent your life obeying orders. Perhaps not, but, but I'm glad of it. Would you like to ride back to the camp with me and see some of your friends? No. It might be a change. No. You could stay a couple of days and then come back. I don't want to see anything more of you or your men. I don't want any part of the army until this town is made safe. But, my dear... No. No, you better go. Outlaws returned to their camp in the hills. Their leader was a man called Wolf, a huge man with a cruel face and a surly, overbearing manner. He divided the loot taken from the attack among his men, keeping half for himself. His followers noted his action and grumbled protestingly. You needn't think all of this cash is mine. I got a plenty of it to pay out. Yeah, you pay out a plenty, Wolf. There's a plenty left. You get as much as all the rest of us put together. And it ain't fair. Oh, so it ain't fair, eh? Well, let me tell you something. If it wasn't for the things I do with my share, there wouldn't none of you be living. What's that? 
You ain't been attacked by them soldiers, have you? Not yet. You ain't had much trouble getting out of Greenville. The other towns after you made the attacks, have you? You're getting away with all the raids as slick as wagon grease. And don't you figure there's a reason for it? We're hankering to know that reason, Walt. It's the guys I got in the payroll. I pay them out my share. I know just what's going on all the time. I find out when there's a big shindig, where most of the men will be, when we raid the houses in the town. I know when Greenville's men was out posse riding, so we got attacked. You mean you got spies working? Sure I have. Look at here. This letter come to Lem Bixby by the last stage. He was killed in a raid. That was too bad, because Lem was working for me. Lem got mail by stage, and that same come from one of my pals in the east. This particular letter tells him that orders are going out from Washington the first of the month. What sort of orders? From Washington? Yep. Orders to Colonel Dawson. He writ to Washington about us? Sure he did. And he asked for permission to make an attack on us and clean us out. Did he get it? He will, unless something's done about it. When was them orders to go out? First of the month. And they already went? Yep, a couple of days ago. And he'll attack us. <laughs> now, Jake, you'll see where I spend my money for your protection. I know them orders left, and I know they're coming by the Pony Express. What's more, I know where we can waylay the pony rider, get him, and do away with them orders. Wow. Well, that puts things in a new light, don't it? It sure does. No wonder we've been so blame lucky. Wasn't luck at all. It's our ball. How are you satisfied? All right, then. Well, a couple of you will have to ride east and meet that pony rider. <laughs> activities had brought the Lone Ranger and his faithful Indian companion Tonto into the district. They were riding close to the trail when the pony rider was shot. The sharp crack of the rifle caught their attention and they pressed forward to investigate. The shots came from somewhere near here, Tonto. Uh, me here, horse. Look ahead. Something on trail. Looks like a horse. Get up, my fellow. Someone shot the poor beast. Isn't that right? And there's a man. The smoke. Tonto, did you see that smoke? We get there quick now. Come on, Silver. Where? Our killer. We can trail the killers. Go, go, my silver. Go, go, See if there's any hope for the man. Huh? Him, him pony rider. Yes. Help the man if it isn't too late. Horse. Dead. I see it is. How about the pony rider? Do what you can for him. I'll stamp out this fire and see if we can save some of the mail. Bullet. Get him in back. Other bullet in shoulder. Him. Gone. Gone? Huh. Murdered. Not right. And shot from behind. Him head west. Bullet hit him here. Bullet come from rock over there. Then we'll start from there and try to trail the man who did this. Uh, but first we'll take the time to see if any of this mail is worth taking with us. Not a couple of minutes, it would have all been burned. Not right. Here's part of a letter. It's addressed to the commander at Fort Greenville. Not near where outlaw hide. The hills beyond Greenville are infested with killers. Uh, so I'm going to see what this letter says. It aren't burned. With some of it's left, I'm going to find out about it. Maybe time to go hunt for killer, huh? Wait a minute. Kimosabe, 
This is an order to Colonel Dawson. What did it say? It instructs him to attack the outlaws. That's what plenty of people want. You know the situation around Greenville. Uh-huh. Folks there have been hoping and praying for weeks that the army would do something about the outlaws in the hills. That's right. This letter is Colonel Dawson's authority to attack. Huh? Come down, fellow. There, let's kill him. Let's go behind those rocks, Dotto. We get him to shelter. Behind this rock. Here's over. We've got to capture them alive. Get to your horse. Ride to the west. I'll go to the east. We'll move in from both sides of the rock. Get him a pike, fellow. Come on, Silver. We want them alive, Tonto. Come on, Silver. Throw down your rifle and surrender. Throw down your rifle. Surrender. Pull this over. No more. Hold on, your rifle. Put up your hands. Smash my head with that bullet. Keep them covered, Tonto. We give up. We surrender. All right. You got us. What are you going to do about it? You killed the pony rider. That calls for proof, mister. Maybe we figured you'd done the same. Your mask, ain't you? You know very well we didn't commit that murder. You shoot Pony Rider from Hind Rock. And you're going to Greenville to face trial for murder. All right, mister. We'll go with you. Reckon it ain't nothing but your word again ours. But Jake, he got that letter out in the fire. He got it and he dropped it. Oh, where? Where letter? Letter? I did drop it. I dropped it when I drew my guns. Yeah. And it's too late to pick it up. He didn't stamp out all that fire and the letter burned. Now go on, take us to town. We'll stand trial. You'll go to town, all right. And we'll give the commander the information that letter contains. Uh-huh. That's all right. Jake, maybe... You might... shut up and stop worrying. It's our word again, a masked man and an engine. Before they're done, they'll be the ones that'll be on trial for murder. The curtain falls on the first act of our thrilling Lone Ranger drama. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Behold my process. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here. Aha! It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, with an exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Yeehoo! To the Loot Crate video box! What's with kids today, huh? Wowzers! With crates starting as large as 11 dollars per month, those are boxes just about for all collectors! To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash Loot Crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash Loot Crate. Great Scott! Snap into a Loot Crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Now, on with our story. The outlaws near Greenville, knowing that Colonel Dawson could not attack them until he had received orders from Washington, killed the Pony Express rider bringing those orders. The Lone Ranger recovered the letter, but in the battle with the outlaws that followed, it was destroyed. 
Our next scene takes place in the fort where Colonel Dawson is stationed. He is speaking to his aide. Did you see my daughter when you were in town? Yes, sir. What did she say? She wouldn't speak to me, sir. I saw her and she walked away from me. Then she meant what she said. I beg your pardon, sir. My daughter has been miserably treated by those fools in Greenville. Fools, sir? Yes, fools. If they had an ounce of brains, they'd realize that I can't attack the outlaws without orders from Washington. Even Sally feels that I should violate my instructions. You sent to Washington for permission to attack, sir? Yes. The reply should be here any day now. If I get permission, I'll attack at once. We'll clean out those outlaws in half a day's time. Without that permission, I cannot and will not attack. The people in town think we're afraid, Colonel. They won't give me a chance to explain. Did you explain to your daughter, sir? I tried to, but even Sally won't try to understand. When orders come from Washington, we can vindicate ourselves. What else happened in town? Anything of importance? Yes, sir. A pony rider was killed. Killed? Shot from ambush. A pony rider, you say? Yes, sir. I wonder if... Good Lord. It can't be possible it was the rider bringing our instruction from the capital. I sincerely hope not, sir. His mail oh. was burned. Who killed him? No one seems to know. A masked man and an Indian came into town with two prisoners. Both were identified as outlaws. And they murdered the pony rider? The masked man claims they did. The others claim the masked man was the murderer. Masked man? Who was he? No one seems to know, sir. The sheriff tried to put him in jail with the others, but he got away. Escaped? Yes, sir. The lawmen seem to think his escape is proof of his guilt. But I... You what? My opinion is of no value, Colonel Dawson. What were you going to say? I thought he might have fled simply to prevent being unmasked. There was something about the man that I... Well, go on. You what? There was something about him that I admired and respected. I wondered at the time if he was the Lone Ranger. Lone Ranger? You heard of him, sir. Of course. Where did he go when he left Greenville? I don't know. Some men tried to follow him, but they were quickly outdistanced by his horse. That's all you know about it? Yes, sir. After making arrangements for supplies, I left and came back here. What in the world? Stand where you are. A masked man. The same one. How did you get in here? How did you get by the guards? I came here to speak to you, Colonel. You'll find your guards unharmed. It's incredible. It's impossible. How could any man get by those guards? It isn't hard if a man knows this part of the country. You're the man who brought in those two killers, the ones who shot down the pony rider. Yes. Colonel Dawson, before the two opened fire on Tonto and me, I read a letter addressed to you. It was partly burned. I wanted to see if there was enough left of it to be of any importance to you. The letter was later destroyed when it fell into the fire while I charged the killers. What was it? What did it say? It was an order from Washington. You were instructed to attack the hills and rout the outlaws, taking as many prisoners as possible, but shooting to kill if necessary. How do I know you're telling the truth? You'll have to take my word for it. But I can't attack on merely the word of a masked man. Colonel, if you'll permit me, sir, I'll vouch for this man. Even that won't do. Lieutenant, send another message to Washington at once. Ask for a copy of the instructions sent by Pony Express. Explaining the original was destroyed. But it'll take weeks for that message to get back here. In that time, the outlaws will kill another score of people in Greenville. Without orders, no attack can be made. There were orders. I must see them. I must have them on fire. Colonel Dawson, sometimes a man can carry his military tactics too far. There are times when a good soldier will throw aside regulations if he knows he's right. I act only on written orders. You'll have to act before another three weeks or Greenville will rise against you. They've already said all they're going to say. But they haven't started to act. If those outlaws raid that town again, there's no telling what the people will do. Written orders. Very well. And now consider yourself under arrest. Obviously, you attacked the guards. Arrest? People have tried to arrest me before, Colonel Dawson. Get him. Stop him. I'll try. The masked man had failed to persuade the colonel to act. The situation was desperate. The outlaws were still free to raid as they pleased and the Lone Ranger felt that it was his responsibility to aid in their capture. We see the masked man as he reigns over to a halt at his small, well-concealed camp. Oh, Silver! Silver, my boy! Oh. Fellow, 
Colonel Dawson wouldn't even listen to me. Uh, him stubborn. He's willing to attack the outlaws, but only on written orders from Washington. You see orders? Yes, but he wouldn't take my word. Him foolish. Remember, Kimasabi, there's some belief that I am the one who shot the pony rider. What we do, huh? I have an idea, Kimasabi. It might work. What? That? Those two men who are in jail for shooting the pony rider will never be convicted of the murder. There's no proof. No, there's no proof. If they do come to trial, they'll go free. Uh. So nothing would be lost if we set them free. Let them go? Yes. Now, we're going to let them go so they'll be punished. Me not savvy. They will be punished if my plan works. And the first step in the plan is to set those outlaws free. We go there tonight? Yes, and we've just time to get ready. First, I'll explain your part of the plan. The Lone Ranger and a road to town where they found the sheriff and explained their plan. The sheriff agreed to help them. And later that same night, the masked man and his faithful Indian friend raced to the jail, brought their mounts to a halt, and dismounted. Oh, 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 now open the door, Jack. We're free. Come on, guard. We're free. This will save us from hanging. Get up all those horses and head for the hills. Wait a minute. Ask questions and I see a chance like this. Come on. I'm right behind you. Come on, boy. There's a sheriff, Tato. Is that good? He's coming from the cafe with half a dozen men. Sheriff, do him part. Get aboard your horse, Tato. Give me. There goes Jake and his friend. Them go to outlaw camp. Yes. I'll save you. Get morning, the sheriff and two deputies rode swiftly to the fort. They demanded that the guards admit them and were taken to the colonel at once. The sheriff explained their errand. Dawson, I tell you, you've got to do something. What's the matter now? You know who I am. I'm sheriff over at Greenville. I know that. What do you want here? I've already told you my position. I know, but this is different. Maybe you didn't know about it, but them two men busted out of jail last night. That's your responsibility. But they'll be heading for the hills, don't you, Savvy? I've already told you that I can do nothing but about... But, Dad, I'm telling you this... Because it's your own daughter that's in danger. What's that, Sally? Sure. They'll not, like as not take her with them. They'll use her as a hostage. Colonel Dawson, your own daughter. They wouldn't dare do that. Them critters will dare do anything for their own protection. If they get the girl into the hills, you won't dare make no attack on them. If you do, it'll mean that they'll kill her. If they capture the girl, they've got to be stopped before they reach the hills. That's just it. That's why I come here. We ain't got men enough to chase them. I have more than half a dozen men to ride with me. We wouldn't have no lack at all. My daughter... I can't believe it. No, no, they wouldn't do that. They're ruthless, sir. Colonel, Colonel Dawson. What do you want? A separate report to man riding south of the fort, carrying your daughter and his horse with him. Good Lord. That's it. Don't you see? They're already heading for the hills. You've got to do something, Colonel. If you don't, sir... How do you know it's my daughter? The dress and hat. The same outfit she wore when she was here the last time. That settles it, sir. We've got to move. If you don't give the orders, Colonel Dawson... But I... I'll give the orders to charge myself. Have the bugler sound assembly. We're going into the hills. into action. Orders were barked, weapons made ready, horses saddled. The colonel himself leaped to the saddle and placed himself at the head of his soldiers. A lifted hand, a sharp command, and the troop was racing in pursuit of the masked man whose great white horse was thundering toward the timber at the foot of the hill. 
flash ahead of the soldiers to the outlaws' camp. Jake and his companion are standing before their leader, Wolf, who questions them closely about their escape from jail. But why did this mask paying his engine fan let you out? Oh, we didn't stop to ask no questions, Wolf. We were just doggone glad to get free. It eh, don't make sense. First he takes you to jail, then he breaks you out. Where'd he do it for? You wouldn't have been convicted, no how. There was no proof against you if what you say is true. Just the same. I assume I'd not take a chance on a jury. Come on! Who's that coming? That's the man who let us out. Coming here? That's it, Wolf. Don't you see? He wants to join up with the gang. He figured he'd get in good with you by letting us out. That's what he's down here for. There he is, him. Coming up the hill. Well, I'll talk to him. Hey, what's he got with him there? Who's that woman in the cell? Gosh, I don't know. What the Sam Hill is he bringing? There's soldiers coming behind him. They're chasing him here. He led them right to us. I thought you said you destroyed that order for the soldiers to come here. We did. We've seen it first. Get your guns, boys. Get your guns. we got to fight for our lives. fighting for their lives resisted desperately. They fought with the ferocity of trapped wolves. But the soldiers charged down upon them with the irresistible efficiency of trained troops. They surrounded the camp, and their guns began to cut down the outlaws from all sides. At last, the gang threw away their arms, and Colonel Dawson assumed command. Rope them and take them back to the post. We'll put them on trial there. Doggone, Colonel Dawson. That's where they'll get a trial that'll give them what they got coming. And there's the two who killed the pony rider. You can't prove You may not hang for that matter, Jake. You'll get your punishment for other crimes. And you, sir. You're the one who captured... Your daughter is quite safe, Colonel Dawson. Come, Tata. Mm, me, um, give the colonel his daughter's clothes. You? You're the one that was on the horse? <laughs> me, same fella. <laughs> Sally would be glad to know that she loaned her clothes to help our plan. <laughs> By Thunder Dawson, there's the time that one was put over on you. You may take my word for it, sir. The orders to attack were sent to you. Hello, Silver!
The story you have just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and the hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. figure of the plains rode the trails of the western United States, helping the agencies of law to bring peace to a lawless new land. It was the famous Lone Ranger, his identity unknown to anyone except his loyal Indian friend Tonto. Adventure always followed him in his exciting exploits. So let's thrill once again as we turn back many years to the wild and untamed west of old. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, silver old boy! Eagle Pass was a narrow cut between two sheer walls of solid rock. It separated the fertile valley where fine cattle grazed from the trail that led to the nearest shipping point. The general store and hotel, run by old Pop Carter, was located at the pass. Here the cattlemen were accustomed to pause for rest and supplies before continuing their cattle drives eastward. In the first scene of our Lone Ranger drama, we find Clem Peabody guiding his large herd toward the pass. Hey there, Pop. Don't go if you ain't a sack with sore eyes. Hi, Clem. Maybe you won't be so glad to see me when you hear what i got to tell you. Oh, there. Oh, steady, boy. I'll draw up and pass a word while I wait for the critters to catch up to me. I got the finest stock ever. Just look at them long horns. Yeah. What's the matter? You look like you'd aged ten years since last time I come through here. Reckon I have, Clem. Things ain't been good with me. What's the matter? 
Big Bill Lawson's outfit. Them cows these working around here? Not exactly. But you'll have trouble with them. I got men to wipe them out. Don't get that sort of idea, Clem. Take a look ahead. There's bars across the pass. You see? What's them for? Toll. Toll? Yep. You see, my land went across the pass, as you know. Sure, but what about it? I always had a pretty fair income from a store there. And I was glad to leave things stand like they was. But then Big Bill and his breeds and polecats come along. Where are they at now? Right inside my place. They took it over. You mean they took I it? I mean they bought it from me. I had my choice of selling or die. Well, of all so things. So I sold it to And they let me stay here to sort of tell you and all other ranchers that'll be passing this way how things stand. Ah, oh, Clem, it's a bad state of affairs. What's lost in what? Cash. You said something about toll. Yep. Two bits for every head that goes through the pass. Two bits? Well, I got over 2,000 head of cattle. Then it'll cost you plenty to get them through the pass. I won't pay it. It's robbery. I'm afraid you ain't no choice, Clem. I'll I'll turn back. I'll go back and you won't get no cows to market. You know as well as I do that you can't go around no other way. Doggone it, it'll mount up to near $500. Well, if you prefer, you can sign one-fourth of your cattle over to Big Bill. One-quarter of my cattle. That's even worse, robbery. Yeah. You see, he don't want to take the cattle. He'd sooner have the cash. But if I give him 500 cows, I'll never come out even. I know it. So's Big Bill. He's figuring nobody will leave cattle with him. I'm darned if I will. Is that him over yonder? Yeah, that's him. I'll go see him. Get up there. Hey there, Lawson. I want to talk with you. I figured you would. What's your name? Sam Peabody from the Bar X Frail. What's this I hear about you robbing men that aim to get to market? I ain't robbing nobody, Peabody. I own this land now. If you want to cross, you pay two bits a head for cows. That's all there is to it. Well, what are you and your outlaws and your rustling? Now, hold on there, Peabody. I don't like to listen to that kind of talk. In the first place, there ain't a lawman in the country looking for me or any man that's with me. There ain't a lawman wouldn't like to have some proof of the things you've done. <laughs> that may be right. But lacking proof, they can't do much, can they? So now you scheme a legal way to rob folks. Well, I ain't no cash with me. That's all right, Peabody. Cash or cattle, it don't matter. One cow to you for every three I take through. Them's the terms. It's robbery. I don't aim to make it too hard for you, gents. You can give me your note and pay it when you come back here on your way home. You're mighty trusting, ain't you? Of course, you could go the long way around through the hills. And travel a hundred miles to cross the canyon. If you went through the pass and took the other route back, I'd just send men to your ranch to collect on the note. So I don't take no chance in trusting you, see? Five hundred dollars. If you got two thousand head, that's just right. Why, you you ornery low-down... I don't like harsh words, Peabody. Now pay up, sign a note, or turn your cattle back. One of the three. What if I head right on through? I'd order my boys to open fire on your critters for trespassing on my land. Reckon I know my legal rights. Reckon you're a dirty polecat. Well, I have to give you my note. I ain't no choice. But what'll I tell the boys at the Longhorn Cafe about your scheme? Just wait. I ain't done yet. The Longhorn Cafe was filled with cattlemen and cowboys. Clem Peabody entered and joined his friends. 
They gathered around him while he told of the Lawson gang in control of Eagle Pass. Well, the dirtiest thing you ever heard tell of? But Clem, I don't see how Lawson could get away with that sort of thing. He's doing it. Did you talk to the sheriff? I talked to the sheriff, talked to the banker, and talked to the United States Marshal. They all said he was within his rights. Charge him toll. Yep, he can charge whatever a doggone pleases. Fact is, if you don't want to let the cattle through, you can stop it altogether. That's doggone funny law, if you ask me. Well, what's a man to do about it? Here, I got the cash of my cattle. I got to hand over $500 over to that ornery coyote on my way back. What if you don't do it? He's holding my note. Yeah, but just the same. If you... I don't pay the cash, he'll stop me from going back to my ranch. Now, ain't that the darnest thing you ever hear of? It's getting so a man can't make a living no more. And the worst of it is, every cattleman in the valley will have to do the same doggone thing. How many men is there? Man, six. Ain't you never heard? That's the biggest grazing in the whole state. Must be at least 50, 60 ranches there. At least that. Runs on for miles in every direction. How many head do you figure will come through there this year? Shucks, if there ain't over 150,000 head, I miss my guess. What you need, Clem's drink? I need a couple of them. I'll keep fetch up that bottle and set it down. Hello. Did you hear what Clem Peabody was telling Hmm. I don't hear. The law's tried for years put Bill Lawson and his gang in jail. Them plenty bad. Nothing has ever been proved against them, though. Them find way to beat law. There's a disguise on the face, all right, Tyler. Hmm. It plenty good. I'll not be recognized if I move around here in the cafe without a mask. No. And I'm going to get closer and hear more of what Clem Peabody has to say. You maybe talk to him, huh? I think I will. Come over this way with me, Tyler. And if you don't want to pay two bits a head, you can leave a quarter of your cattle. 25% of your cows? That's right. What can Sam Hill will also do with all that cattle? He won't do nothing with it. He don't figure on getting none. All he wants is a cash money. Rottenest game ever hurt tell of. Certainly is, right. Did you hear that, Hunter? Lawson would have a hard time handling a lot of cattle. Mm, that's right. And with his reputation as an outlaw, he'd have an almost impossible time selling branded cattle. Mm. All he could do would be to hold it for a year and sell the unbranded calves. Tuttle, I'm going to talk to Clem Peabody. Mm, that's good. You maybe got a plan, huh? Perhaps I have. At Eagle Pass... Bill Lawson and his men had converted the general store into a lounging room with tables for cards. Old Pop Carter, its former owner, sat alone behind the counter, which had been made into a bar. A man entered, slapping dust from his clothes. And Lawson looked up, saying, Well, Butch, took you long enough to get back from town. Yeah, I was sort of held up there. Things didn't work out just the way we figured they would. What do you mean, they didn't work out? Just what I say. Kept an eye on Clem Peabody, just like you told me to. Well, what'd he do? Sold the critters and got the cash from him. Yeah, then what? Hey, give me a drink there, Pop. I'm thirsty from the ride. Never mind that. Where's Clem Peabody? Heading back this way with 500 head of cattle. 500 head of cattle for what? For you, I reckon. But you said he'd sold his cattle. So he did. Then he talked to a stranger. Two of them left the cafe and still kept on talking. Who's the stranger? Dunno. Never seen him before. Then what? He stayed over till the next morning. I had to stay along, too, to keep an eye on him like you said to do. Yeah? Well, next morning he goes to the agent he'd sold the cows to and bought back 500 head. For cash money? Sure. And he rounded up his waddies and they started driving 500 head of cattle back this way. They're heading this way now. How far back? They'll be here in an hour or so, I reckon. I didn't want to get too far ahead of them. I wanted to make sure they was heading back this way. Wonder what the Sam Healy's bringing back 500 head of cattle for. What'd he do with the rest of his cash money? Left it in the bank there. Banked it? You mean to say he's coming back without no cash? That's just what he's doing. But I got his note. 
I got his note for five hundred dollars. Yeah, I know you have. He owes me five hundred dollars. Or five hundred head of cattle. Maybe he figures on paying you in cattle. He's crazy if he does. That cattle's worth a sight more than five hundred dollars. Crazy like a fox. Shut up. Maybe it ain't worth that much to him. What'd he pay for it to buy it back? Do you know? Nope. Couldn't find out. There's Clem Peabody heading this way now. You can see him off in the distance. Yeah, let me take a look. You see, Bill? There he is. Ain't that him? Looks like him. That's him, all right. I don't want them cattle. I didn't figure anybody would pay us off on cattle. I want the cash. Looks like you're going to get the cattle instead, Bill. What'll we do with the critters? There ain't no grazing here for them. I'll tell you what I figure. In fact, I was told that by an engine named Tonto. Ever hear him, Pop? Well, I might have, and again, I might not. Never mind that. What did he tell you? You see, Bill, this engine, he come up to me and he says the only way they could drive us out in here was to get you to do something illegal. Yeah? Such as selling branded cattle. They can't get me if I buy it legal, can they? Well, as to that, they might be able to. Might be hard for a man with your background to prove you got it legal, Savvy. Anyhow, we're wised up to what Clem Peabody is scheming. That's something. Let him bring the cattle. I'll accept it. They don't get me on no law angles. I'm too smart for them. <laughs> Engine named Tonto with a white heart. What are you caping and laughing about, you old fool? Oh, nothing. As you say, Bill, you're too smart to get trapped easy. <laughs> The curtain falls on the first act of tonight's thrilling Lone Ranger drama. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Now to continue our story. Bill Lawson purchased the control of Eagle Pass and demanded that he receive either cash or cattle for each herd driven through the cut. Clem Peabody, following the advice of the Lone Ranger, paid his toll in cattle. Our next scene opens in Clem Peabody's house. His wife is scolding him for giving Lawson 500 cows. Of all the plain and fancy food. Oh, darling, I knowed what I was doing. Not fun you did. Of all things I ever hear tell of, this is the limit. All right, darling. Let it go at that. I won't let it go. You must have lost your mind. You had all the cash money and was to turn $500 of it over to Bill Lawson. That's a lot of money. But you spent sight more than that buying back 500 head of cattle. I know. What ever got into you? Well, I, uh, I talked to a man at Longhorn. You talked to a man? My sakes alive, I'm glad you didn't talk to two men. You might have come back without back the dime. Someone coming, darling. Now, hush up while we got company. Come on in. Am I going to speak with you? Hey, Brent. <laughs> Ginger, it's good to see you. Leave the door open. It's kind of stuffy in here. You're a long way from your own spread. Clem, I heard things about Eagle Pass. Mm. And there's plenty to hear about. Yeah. I just got back. I know that. You had to choose between $500 and 500 head of cattle. That's right. And the doggone idiot gave away the cattle. So I heard. That's why I come here. Clem, 
You ain't touching the head, are you? No. Ain't been eating local weed? No. Every one of your waddies was plumb disgusted with you for what you done. I better not say so where I can hear him. Clem, I'm an old friend. I'm here to see just what's being behind that movie of yours. Now, you ain't a fool, and you never in your life went off half-cocked in a business deal. Not till now. But he sure made up for all the caution he showed here before. Now, hold on, Dolly. There's a smart look in his face. Clem, just what's your angle on it? Abe, there's a masked man heading this way. He's coming around through the hills to get to this grazing without going through the pass. Yeah? He's a riding a white horse. The finest horse in the whole blame country. Go on. He's the one told me to give them critters cattle instead of cash. Tell me some more. He's going to have a talk with all you ranchers before you drive your cows through the pass. Yeah? And try and persuade you to do what I done. By all that's righteous. If he thinks he can do that, he's more a fool than Clem is. Ain't so sure he won't persuade the boys to give away cows, Dolly. If there was any point to it, uh, hey, there's someone riding down here now. Look out that door. Come on, Silver! A white horse, Clem. Get your gun. He must be one of the outlaws. Clem, he's called his horse Silver. You mean to say the man that told you what to do is the Lone Ranger? Yes, so. And there he comes to get the rest of you common to help. Well, if the Lone Ranger says for me to give them crooks cattle, I'll give them cattle. You'll do what Clem done? Yes, and so will all the other men. Dolly, mean to say you never heard of the Lone Ranger? Oh, oh, that's a wrong boy. Here I am, mister. He got through the hills in record time. Come on, mate, Clem. We've got to call on the other ranchers before they drive their cattle to the pass. Here's one you can talk to right now, mister. This is Abe Brent. Tell him your scheme, and he'll help to spread the word around. Good. Come on and ride with me. Clem, Clem, get your horse in stuff. Did you hear that? I heard it, and we're a-riding. Sam Peabody and Abe Brent rode with the Lone Ranger. They went from ranch to ranch, pausing only long enough to explain their plan and get a promise of cooperation from the owners. They covered the valley from end to end as they enlisted the ranchers in their cause. When their work was done, the Lone Ranger left the valley by way of the hills, avoiding Lawson's men. At Eagle Pass, Lawson himself was pacing the floor of the general store in a rage. Pop Carter, grinning, watched him from behind the counter. We gotta do something about it. What's the matter with you men? Can none of you think of something? Who'd ever think the thing would work out this way? Every doggone critter that's gone through here with a herd has chosen to leave cattle instead of cash. They got the whole place cluttered up with cattle. Boss, all I can suggest is that you stop accepting cattle. Make them pay in cash. But blast it, how can I? They don't have the cash when they head for the east. And they can't get the cash if they don't sell the cattle. And they won't go through with cattle unless I take the doggone cows in payment of the toll. We can't go on like this much longer, boss. Them cows have got to be fed. Aren't you take a chance and drive them into town and sell them? Wouldn't that be smart now? Wouldn't it be smart? Every lawman in the country wanting to frame me for something, and I go to try and sell cattle with 50 assorted brands registered in other men's names. You can show bills of sale, though. You can prove the cattle's yours. Where's that engine that was around here? Right here beside me, Lawson. Hey, you. Come over here. Uh, me come what you want. You've been hanging around here for the past week. Uh-huh. Me help you. I wonder if you've been helping. You said they was laying for me in town, waiting for me to try and sell some of this capital. Why you not try? Where'd you get your facts? Me hear lawman talk. What'd they say? Them say maybe get em you in jail at last. What about selling cattle? Lawman hope you try. Reckon that's all I need to know, then. 
There ain't no sense in playing right into their hands. They just hanker to have you run them cows to town, Bill. Well, we gotta do something. You got too much value in them cows to let them die for lack of grazing. See who that is. There ain't no more cows heading this way, is there? The guard said he would have said so if they was. Well, what do you want? It's Clem Peabody. Howdy, Bob. Howdy, Clem. 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 Howdy, I reckon you got the best of it. You're darn right. After me letting you have cows instead of cash, hoping to get you that way. Here. Now get out of here. I'm broke now. Look here, Larson. You need land, don't you? What if I do? Your cows has to eat. If you had a ranch and the brands that go with it, you'd be setting right well in the cattle business with all them critters to start with. Well? You'll have to hold them till next season if you don't own some brands of your own. Now, why don't you buy my spread? Huh? Maybe there's an idea, Bill. For how much? How much cash you got? None. I'll sign notes for the place. Well, I sort of hope to get some cash. I need more than $1,000 all told. You give me that much down, I take notes for the rest. How'd that be? What do you think of it, boys? That's a goal? Real deal. Get out some paper and we'll draw up an agreement. Boys, we're going to be honest cattlemen. How's that, eh? <laughs> <laughs> An agreement was drawn up between Lawson and Clem, and the $1,000 paid over to the rancher. Unnoticed by anyone, Santo left the store and rode to the cliff, where he sent up a smoke signal. Lawson's men began the roundup of their cattle. Their horses circled the herd, forcing the scattered animals into a compact group. Then the herd was started on its journey into the valley. Clem and Lawson rode side by side. Quite a ways to go to reach the ranch, Lawson. How far? It takes quite a while to get there. We've got to cross a dozen other ranches. Yeah, you see, the valley here starts off alone, but it ain't so wide. This is the ranch owner, owns the land from one side to the other. There's a square D just ahead. What are all them men lined up there? They've been fixing up the fences. Looks like they've been picking up their shooting irons. What are they eyeing us like that for? Hi there, Lee. Hi, Clem. Well, hold on. Steady Yeah? Well, he has to cross my land to get there. All right, then. Let me through. Not so fast, Lawson. I'm charging toll to get across my ranch. What's that? Yeah. What's the matter, Bill? They aim to charge us to cross this land. Come on! There's a masked man coming. The lawman with him. Yeah. I figured maybe you wouldn't like paying toll as well as you like collecting it. So arrange for the sheriff to be here. Each sure admire to see you start some trouble. Here? Not yet, Chef. Look late, Bill. Ain't got no cash. That's all right. I'll take it out in cattle. A quarter of what he's got. Lawson turned over a fourth of his herd to the owner of the Square D Ranch, then continued his journey while the sheriff's posse and the Lone Ranger accompanied him. At length, they reached the boundary of the next ranch where they were confronted by Sam Tuttle and his men, all highly armed. Clem, what's all this? Hold on my place, Sam. Lawson is taking his critters there. Yeah? Well, that's interesting. Reckon I'll have to get some trouble if he aims to cross my land. What's this? It's robbery. Come on, let's ride it. Come on, Lawson. Make some trouble. Just start it. You'll have your choice, Lawson. 
cash or a quarter of your stock? Yep, cash or cow. No matter now. I won't do it. We'll go back. You'll pay to go back. Play for the square deal. We'll charge you again. Oh, the Samuel Parrish already. Quite a spell yet. Blast it all. Count out a quarter of the cows and leave them here. We gotta go on. What's that ahead? Reagan Bill, that's another ranch we gotta cross. And more toll to pay? Reagan so. Traveling come high in these parts. Pay up or turn back. Turn back and then first two will collect again. Lawson almost frantic went on his way. With every ranch he crossed, more cows were taken. The cattlemen no longer asked for one-fourth, but each demanded the return of the same number of animals originally taken from him. When at last they reached Clem Peabody's ranch, less than a hundred cows remained. Lawson stared at the cattlemen, his temper beyond control. Oh, you can all go to blazes. I'm here, and what cows I got left are mine. I bought this land, so clear off! One minute, Lawson. You want the land, but what will you do for water? What? Ain't there water here? Oh, I sure to mention it, Bill. Uh, you got to get your water from the next ranch. An old skin flint loose is awful stingy. I'm afraid he'll want cash money. I get it. The whole thing's a put-up job. You'll realize that at last, eh? I realized it when you called that horse silver. You done this. You schemed to get the cows back to these ranchers. Lawson, you can stay here on Clem's land and do without water. Or you can let Clem keep the cattle that's left and the cash you paid and clear out. He was better off before we tried to go honest. You didn't try in the right way. Boys, we're quitting. Let's get out of here. I had enough. Come on, you keep your darn ranching cows. Uh, thank you, Billy. Just sign this paper. I already got drawn. Uh, give it to me. It's already, huh? There. Now we're leaving here. Let's start now. The sooner the better. Hold on, Butch. Don't go back the way we come. We're heading for the hills. But that's all right. I says we're heading for the hills. If we go back across all them doggone ranches, we won't even have our horses left. I know, have just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated.
Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!